Good evening. It's good to be back together on the Lord's Day. We are glad that you're here tonight. We have a few visitors, and we are glad that you are in our midst. We hope you'll stay around afterwards, that we can meet you and greet you. I think some of our youth may be gone tonight because of an activity, but we need to remember them while they are away. I started a sermon this morning I entitled, Am I Too Sensitive? My wife is not back tonight. I told her I was going to tell everybody it's because she's too sensitive. She got offended and she didn't come back. But actually, she's been sick for the last week. And uh, when you get up and you start to get around, it just wears you out. And so she was worn out and hacking and coughing. And you know, it, it takes weeks to get over that dry cough after something like this. So uh, she's at home tonight. Am I too sensitive? I told you as I was preparing this lesson that it just got longer and longer and longer, and so I decided to make it a two-parter, and so tonight is going to be part two of that lesson, and it's going to be quite a bit shorter. I hope that doesn't upset anyone, but let's begin with a quick recap from this morning. First, we talked about cancel culture. We talked about political correctness. We talked about the woke movement and how it is that we live in a society today that seems to be offended by everything. And especially when it comes to the truth, people do not want to hear it. It made me think about 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2 where Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine for the time will come that they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap to themselves, they will gather to themselves teachers, they will turn away their ears from the truth, they will be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Paul told this young gospel preacher, he said, Timothy, the time is going to come that people aren't going to want to hear the truth. He said they're going to turn away from the truth, and instead they're going to be turned to the King James. The old King James says fables. The ESV, instead of fables, has the word myths. I looked this word up in the Greek. It carries with it the idea, things that aren't necessarily true. That is, people want to hear some things that are pleasant to listen to. It doesn't matter if it's true as long as it's pleasant to listen to. And they're going to gather teachers who will preach that way. They do not want to hear the truth. The truth is offensive to them. Brethren, I am convinced that that passage is descriptive of the day and age in which we live. And then we started talking about a personal question. Am I too sensitive? And I ask each of you to consider yourself, am I too sensitive? And we first talked about the negative effects of being too sensitive, how it manifests itself. We talked about the fact that it can cause me to make a mountain out of a molehill. That is, you take something small and you turn it into a big deal. We talked about how it can cause me to overanalyze things. In fact, I ran across this meme that I thought fit very well. This is a, a, a painting. Uh, I'm not much of an artistic person, but a painting. This is me trying to figure out if someone was being sarcastic to me five years ago in a brief conversation. And so here is this man. It's obviously meant to be funny, but he's thinking back about something that took place five years ago, and he's sitting and he's analyzing it, and 
isn't that what we do sometimes? We sit and we analyze everything to death. Well, being this type of person will make you like that. We talked about oversensitivity can hurt relationships. Oversensitivity causes me to withdraw from things because of fear. Oversensitivity makes me to be one who is easily offended. For some people, oversensitivity causes them to quit the church. And for some, oversensitivity causes church hopping. Well, tonight we're going to continue this study, and we are going to learn from a woman who exemplifies what we want to be. She doesn't have this problem with hypersensitivity. She's what we all should strive for. Now, some versions call her the Canaanite woman. Depending on the version you have, she's called the Syrophoenician woman. This is in Matthew chapter 15. We're going to read it again, and then we're going to discuss it. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region, and she cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered not a word. He, but he answered and said, It is good, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now, I want us to consider the question tonight, am I too sensitive? And we want to notice four tests that this woman endured. Here is... Test number one. I want you to notice this from verse 22. The woman came to Jesus and she cried, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. And the next verse says, But he answered her not a word. Can you imagine that? Imagine coming and asking Jesus a question and he just ignores her. Does that seem cruel to you? She begs for help, and he doesn't even answer. He doesn't say yes, he doesn't say no, he just says nothing. You know, if there was ever a time when someone might get their feelings hurt, it might very well be then. I talked to him, and he just stood there and didn't even answer me. And some people would have turned away and said, well, if that's the way you're going to act, I'll never ask you for another thing as long as I live. What would most of us do if we went to one of the elders or you went to the preacher, and you ask a question, and they just stood there and looked at us and didn't answer. Would our feelings be hurt? Would we quit the church? Some people would, and they'd feel justified in doing it. But you see, this woman did not let the silence of Jesus stop her. Now, was it because she was a woman without feeling? No, it's, in fact, it's quite the opposite. It was because she needed something that only he could give. The life of her child was in danger, and the life of her daughter was more important to her than her feelings. But you see, today many people will quit the church because of their feelings when something even more important is hanging in the balance, and that is their eternal soul. Here is test number two. 
Many people wouldn't have passed the first test, but here's the second test. Verse 23, Jesus did not answer her, but then the disciples said, Send her away, for she cries after us. Now, how could you stand against this one? How about this? How about if some of the, you came into the building and some of the deacons gathered together and went to the elders and said, send that person away because he annoys us. How about that? How would you do with that? That's what they said. She is crying after us. She is annoying us. She's pestering us. Lord, tell her to go away. Somebody might have said, surely this would be enough to make this woman quit and leave. Was it? No, because her need was greater than her feelings. I don't know why many people today don't pass this test because we have a need that should be greater than our feelings. Why is it that some folks will quit the church, the only institution wherein they can be saved, because they've got their feelings hurt? Are our feelings worth trading our eternal destiny for? Is it really worth burning in hell's eternal flame because I've got a wounded ego? Here is the third test. Verse 24, Jesus says, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. How about that response? Seems like this thing just keeps building. How could you deal with being told the blessings of the Lord, they're not for you? I know you're asking for it, but that's, that's not my intention to give them to you. Now, would that get you ruffled? Would that cause you to leave? Not this woman. Verse 25, then she came and she worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. I wonder how many of us could worship under these circumstances. We would say, I can't worship. I can't concentrate after somebody treated me that way. We'd get mad and we'd refuse to stay, much less worship. Here is test number four. She had to pass one more test. How sensitive was she? Was she wearing her feelings on her shoulder? Look at verse 26. Jesus said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Mm. I don't imagine many of us would have hung on long enough to have heard this statement, but what do you do now? Did he just call her a dog? Did he just put her on the level of a dog? Some people no doubt would have thought, surely this would justify us getting into heaven without ever crossing the threshold of the church building again. But this woman responded and she said, It's true, Lord, but even the dogs get to eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Now what was she saying? It doesn't matter what lowly position I am. You've got something that I need. Imagine having that kind of a heart. That you don't have an ego that's going to get bruised where you say, Well, I'm not coming back. You've got the, the uh, spirit, the demeanor that simply says, I'm really nothing, but I have what the Lord offers here and what I need. Verse 28, Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What a beautiful story. Ignoring her feelings, laying aside her pride, she pressed on until she heard the blessed words of the Lord. Brethren, I'm pressing toward that same goal. I want to hear the blessed words of the Lord, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and I never intend to let my feelings or my pride or anything else keep me from hearing it. Now, I want to change gears, and I'm going to give you six steps. 
How should I handle situations when it comes to oversensitivity? Am I being too sensitive? How do you deal with this? I want to give you six things. Here's number one, how to deal with oversensitivity. First, simply ask yourself the question, am I being too sensitive? Think about this woman in Matthew chapter 15, this Syrophoenician woman, because sometimes it's as easy as stopping and doing some self-analysis. Sometimes when I stop and just think about my behavior, I might think, you know what, I'm acting like a big baby. Sometimes we can see these things in other people, but we can't see it in ourselves. But if we would step back and just analyze ourselves, we would say, I shouldn't have done that. Number two, I need to consider my own pride. I need to ask, the thing about which I'm getting upset, is this a real problem or could it really just be a pride problem? Matthew 23 and verse 12, whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody and in the course of the argument it occurs to you that you're actually wrong? But now your pride's wrapped up in this and you can't give up the argument and so you continue to argue and I'm speaking hypothetically because I've never done that. I've just, I've heard about people doing that. So maybe that's happened to you and you are thinking, now I'm going to have to preach online next week. But uh, if you've done that, you've got your heels dug in and you realize now you're arguing something that you don't even believe. Why? Because of your pride. Number three, overlook poor judgment. Now, what do I mean by overlook poor judgment. We need to think about the fact that we're only humans. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we should not. I want you to listen to this passage of Scripture very closely and see if you catch this. This is Psalm 78 and verse 38. This says, But the Lord, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity, and He did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away, and he did not stir up his wrath, for he remembered that they were but flesh, a breath that passes away and does not come again. You see what he's saying there? I read this passage one day, and it really struck me. He did not destroy them. Why? Because he remembered that they're, they're only flesh. You know what that means? He remembered they're only human. What if we took that attitude when someone commits some egregious offense against us? What if we sat back and said, they're only human. They're just like I am. That's one of the things that, that all human beings do, and you took a more gentle, more generous approach toward others. Here is the fourth one. If it is a sin, then I need to go to him. If it truly, legitimately is the case that a brother in Christ has sinned against me, then Matthew chapter 18 lays out a procedure. I go to him privately. If he won't hear, I'm going to take another with me. If he won't hear, it's going to go to the church. The Lord has laid out a procedure. Matthew 5 and verse 23, Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. So you put Matthew 5 with Matthew 18, and this is what you got. If your brother has sinned against you, you go to meet him. If you sinned against your brother, you go to meet him. And so either way, you're trying to fix this situation. Wouldn't that deal with this problem of people that are oversensitive and they get all worked up about something? Because 
Ideally, you ought to meet in the middle trying to fix this problem, right? Here is the next one. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. Luke 17 and verse 4 says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespasses against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. He doesn't say, if he repents, harbor a grudge. He doesn't say, if he repents, forgive him, but tell everybody else about the situation. He doesn't say, if he repents, just keep it in your heart and don't forget about it. He says, if he repents, forgive him. I've got to forgive him, and I go on the same way that I want the Lord to forgive me. That is, it's gone, it is in the past. Next, how do I deal with oversensitivity? I need to love my brother as myself, and I need to love the Lord with all of my heart. Matthew 22, 37 through 39. If I would love my brother as myself, when he makes an infraction, when he puts his foot in his mouth, when he says something that he ought not, even if he does something that is intentional, how would I want him to treat me under these circumstances? And it's going to cause me to step back and do things a little bit differently. I want to give you one more to consider, and it's this. I need to learn to give the benefit of the doubt. Listen to this. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The Bible says, love does not behave itself rudely. It doesn't seek its own. It is not provoked. Now listen to this next phrase. Love thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all all things. Love thinks no evil and believes all things. What do those phrases mean? It means that if you've got the proper attitude of love, you look at the actions of others and you're not going to think evil. That's not going to be your first thought. What you're going to do is you're going to look for the good. You see, oversensitivity is going to look for the bad. Love is going to look for the good. And then it says, believes all things. That doesn't mean that love is gullible. It means that love gives the benefit of the doubt. Love is looking for that which is good. Love is seeking to give the benefit of the doubt. Would that not, to help, would that not help to deal with oversensitivity? Brethren, this evening, each of us should ask ourselves the question, am I too sensitive? Some people are, and because of that, They've lost their souls. You know, we tell the world that we walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, but sometimes we're not walking by faith. Sometimes we're walking by our feelings. And we need to go back and walk by the faith of the New Testament. Tonight, what are you walking by? Is it the Word of God, or are you letting your feelings and your pride dominate you? Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Tonight, the gospel system is the system of faith. If a man would hear that gospel system of faith, and he would believe it, and respond by repenting, confessing, and being baptized, the Lord would add him to the church, and he will have eternity in heaven. Maybe tonight you're ready to do that. We are ready to assist you. Maybe you say, I want to have a Bible study about this. We would be delighted to do that. We've got several who would do that. Maybe you're here as a member of the body of Christ, and maybe what we've studied today has been descriptive of you. I don't have anyone in mind when I say that, but maybe it's pricked your heart, and you've thought, I need to make some things right. You've got an opportunity tonight, and we would be honored if we could go to God and pray for you.
Tonight, if you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, won't you come as together we stand and sing the invitation song?